The comments and statements made within the show are the opinions of the commentators and their guests have not been evaluated by the FDA and are in no way attempt to diagnose, treat, mitigate, cure, or prevent any disease or illness. The contents of this show are not to be construed as medical advice. If you have a health condition or health concern, please contact a licensed, qualified healthcare practitioner. Oh my, what have you found, Franny? Let's see what they say. Latest and greatest, you found more. Wow, I wasn't expecting that. Excellent sleuthing, Fran. Fran, I think this is a new case for the Supplement Super Sleuth. Dig, Franny, dig! Time to go down the rabbit hole and see what we can find. Goodness, where are we? Aha, take a look at this. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today? <laughs> Supplement Super Sleuth here for our next episode, episode 43. I'll be doing this podcast a couple times a month, maybe three, maybe one. Depends on my schedule. Um, the idea is to share perspectives of natural health and healing. I may interview key people and thought leaders in the natural healing industry to hear their knowledgeable perspectives. I have four segments to this show. Um, I rotate them arbitrarily. Um, Naturals in the news, where I share general info on brand new research, uh, posted on all types of health subjects. Uh, my favorite things, which is where I spotlight an herb or supplement with a deep dive into the history, clinical research, and clinical use of that particular natural product. Naturals in the know, where I interview key thought leaders and successful holistic practitioners from a wide variety of disciplines. And finally, our newest segment entitled What's Old is New Again, where I share historical information on the weird and lost healing therapies of old that are and may be having a renaissance in an updated modern manner. So. With that, let's begin. Oh yeah. Just thought we'd groove a little before we do naturals in the news. <laughs> All right, well, we are heading into that time of year where it's a lot less light and um, a lot less warm uh, in our particular part of the world. And definitely much more stress overall. The holidays, somehow they just tick all the boxes for stress, right? So um, what I thought I'd do is I'd like to share a few fun and easy ideas to give you all a lift and some reminders of what to remove keep you feeling healthy and grounded. I know you think I'm going to say sugar, but that's, that's par for the course, right? <laughs> All right. So let's start with some breaking news about menthol found in eucalyptus, peppermint, and other mints. Um, a lot of people know about menthol used on the body for achy muscles. Um, we're talking about sources of menthol that are found in foods and herbs that you can take internally. 
So um, what I thought I'd do was share this really interesting um, piece of research. The title of the article is called The Surprising Connection Between Menthol and Alzheimer's. And it was alerted to the media in Newsbreak on October 7th, 2023. In a mouse study, the inhalation of menthol was found to improve cognitive abilities in mice with Alzheimer's disease, possibly due to reduction in the levels of the inflammatory protein interleukin-1-beta, highlighting a potential link between menthol and Alzheimer's disease research. Now, I will say this, that there, there are a couple of inhalers that you can use. I think they brighten the mind. I like this one. This one's an oldie, but a goodie. It's called Olvas Inhaler. I use this. And, um, and there are other things you can do. You can get essential oils of menthol or eucalyptus or, or any of the mints, um, peppermint, eucalyptus. Um, this also has kajaput in it, which is a really cool herb. And um, this one you can't share with your friends because you're going <laughs> to inhale it in your nostrils. But I really do love it. It really works for me. It brightens the mind. If I'm feeling a little sluggish, I'll, I'll inhale that a couple of times. And again, you can do sprays. You can do some essential oil in the room. Um, they all work. They're really all good ideas for just, I call it brightening the mind. Um, definitely this time of year, uh, something to think about. And you know what else is really interesting? Peppermint, what used to be used, they would, um, people would put peppermint around their foundations because the mice don't like it so much. And this is the time where the little mices want to move into the house with you. <laughs> and instead of putting out poison that could kill your predator birds, like owls and eagles and hawks, you know, you can just shoo them away using peppermint. But peppermint, you know, is often used this time of year. We use it in candy, <laughs> but there are other uses for it. And it's pretty great um, to kind of brighten the mind. Of course, now research is showing that it kind of wakes up our brain and helps with cognitive abilities. So let's all think about that. Eucalyptus is a really great source of menthol. So, and how about a few other herbs that are showing more and more promise for brain protection? Um, there's a really interesting uh, research, um, an article supporting uh, posted research on the article title says, herbal extract may improve mild dementia using ginseng, ginkgo biloba, and crocus sativa, which is saffron. Um, and we, we now have saffron growing here in the United States, actually here on the East Coast, up in New Hampshire and Vermont. Um, and parts of Maine, uh, there are some farmers that are growing uh, crocus sativa very well. So the um, media outlet for this particular research was in Good News Network, October 21st, 2023. A clinical trial on a combination uh, herbal extracts known as salutong um, contains extracts of panic ginseng, ginkgo biloba, and crocus sativa. And this uh, combination of these three really safe uh, herbs of commerce demonstrated improved memory and executive function of participants with mild cognitive impairment in under three months. So that's really promising. And 
definitely check with your herbalist before you start taking uh, any herbs. Uh, check with your doctor as well. But it's a um, wonderful and simple and kind of easy herbal way to get your mind out of the winter doldrums. And to kind of continue on this same thread of how to lift your spirits during the dark part of the year, you can take some time out of the middle of your day, go outside and get a little daylight. Um, or you can use a light box, you know, light boxes work. Um, this um, particular research piece um, uh, was found um, and the title the title says Phototherapy Shows Promise in Mitigating Dementia. And it was posted Monday, August 14, 2023. And the contributing writer was August West. And I do want to share um, more of this article with you because um, a lot of people use light boxes for mood, right? For, to kind of lift their spirits. And, that, and there's nothing wrong with that. Of course, this time of year, if you have... Um, we call it sad, but it's seasonal affective disorder where as the light goes away, you start to feel a little blue. So, but there's other things that can happen um, because we're so entrained with the sun, right? Um, there are other things that can happen and actually it dulls our mind as well, our ability to concentrate, our executive functioning. So I wanted to share this with you because um, it's so many of us, so many of us are staying away from the sun because we're so afraid we're going to get sun, you know, skin cancer and that, you know, that threat is still there, but we need to find that middle ground. I think it's really important to kind of, you know, put a foot in both worlds and not go so uh, on one side of, I'm, I'm not going to go in the sun and I'm not going to let any of my skin see the light of day to being in the sun all the time, right? We need Need to kind of find that that middle place because the sun is so important for our mental health, but also for the um, the functioning of our brain for cognition and concentration and executive functioning. So um, um, I'm going to share this piece with you. It's, it's pretty excellent. There was a meta-analysis of 12 clinical studies representing a total of 776 patients who are diagnosed with dementia. They showed that phototherapy interventions can significantly improve cognitive function as, indication, as indicated by the changes in what's called the mini mental state examination scores, that's MMSE. Researchers at the Institute of Geriatric Medicine and the Chinese Academy of Medical Sciences searched the global medical literature for studies of phototherapy in the context of dementia and found a total of over a thousand citations of these, about 1,088 citations. So, and of those, only 12 met these very strict screening criteria, which followed these um, preferred reporting items for systematic reviews. Um, within those 12 studies, 426 patients had undergone some form of phytotherapy for and not phyto, but photo phytotherapy would be herbal therapy. <laughs> Phototherapy would be sun and light therapy with a total of 340 similarly diagnosed patients serving as controls. And in all the studies, 
there were more females than males, and the mean patient ages ranged from 73 to 86 years of age. So um, the researchers um, commented by saying, our meta-analysis indicates that phototherapy improved cognitive function in our patients with dementia, but had no significant effect on behavioral and psychological symptoms of dementia and sleep. This suggests that phototherapy may be one of the most promising non-pharmacological interventions for improving core symptoms of dementia. And um, the authors of the research, um, the meta-analysis research, Jinlian Lu, Chenggu Liu, and Feng Shao, their findings were published in the journal Brain and Behavior just this past April in 2023. Liu and colleagues cited several other studies that also suggested cognitive improvement from phototherapy, including a 2021 non-randomized controlled pilot study utilizing a 2,500 lux bright light for eight weeks that showed significant improvement in the MMSE scores among mild to severe dementia, dementia patients. So that's spectacular. Um, they also draw attention to landmark 2008 Dutch trial showing that regular and frequent light exposure reduced cognitive deficits in the elderly by at least 5%. So, you know, this is all incredibly terrific and wonderful. You can get a light box or you can set your alarm on your phone, in your calendar or however you do it and step outside at high noon because that's the time where you're going to get, um, the strongest rays from the sun and that's at any time of year, but it, you know, in the winter I mean, you know, the, the sun's really at a different angle. It's lower in the sky and it's really hard to kind of get that direct light. Um, and you really need 15, 20 minutes. That's it. And get out there, get some fresh air, get a little sunlight on your face. Um, and then go back inside. Um, if it's winter time, there's a chance that it won't give you sunburn, but, um, you know, it's really, um, really important for, for your brain health, um, and for your mood and, and happiness, right? Okay. Um, there's some other, um, natural ideas for, to protect your brain and your family's brain. Um, and this time I'm going to be asking you to give something up instead of adding something like herbs or light or whatever. And this article, um, really fascinating. There's a lot to it. Um, and I really hope that, um, all of you kind of meditate on this because we, we have a very interesting, we have a very interesting culture, right? We have this thing called a FDA and they are in place to protect us. Um, and against, you know, chemicals or, um, different kinds of mechanical items that would be used for our health and healing or for the food industry, right? Food drug administration. So the FDA is, is supposed to be there to create this series of controls to control items that are coming to the public that would either be in food or in drugs, um, or used, uh, you know, for health reasons. Um, and, and I'm leading up here. <laughs> so aspartame, 
the FDA approved aspartame in the 1980s um, as a sweetener, um, as a non-caloric, non-sugar sweetener. And we have quite a few of them. We have saccharin and, you know, we have, we have, we have more now than we ever had before. Um, we have Splenda and Equal and Sweet and Low and, um, um, and we do have Stevia and we do have Monk Root, but those aren't used as readily as some of these other Franken sugars that I call them. <laughs> okay. So I really want to share this study with you. It was posted um, the 17th of October, 2023 by Eric Goldman. And the title it says maternal aspartame consumption linked to autism risk in children. Now I want to say something here that it's, that this article isn't just about children and pregnant moms, but there's definitely a huge risk there. The study published in the journal of nutrients in September showed a strong association between autism and related neurological disorders in boys and daily consumption of aspartame by their mothers during pregnancy and nursing. So the, the lead uh, researcher on this, her name is Dr. Fowler, and her team gathered retrospective dietary data on intake of diet soda and other forms of aspartame from biological mothers of at least 356 young children. And within that cohort, there were 235 children who had been diagnosed with autism or autism spectral disorders and 121 who were deemed neurotypical for their age. The mothers filled out retrospective questionnaires about their intake of diet sodas and other diet drinks and other um, diet um, additives during pregnancy and breastfeeding. So just to share with you um, how this, this study was done, I want, I want you to hear the questions because it really stimulates an internal inquiry for, for all of us, right? The question was framed as followed. While you were pregnant or breastfeeding your child, how often did you drink diet drinks containing artificial sweeteners? Please count diet sodas first, such as Diet Coke, Diet Dr. Pepper, Diet Sprite, and then other drinks such as Crystal Light, Sugar-Free Kool-Aid, Slim Fast, and other light drinks. The questionnaire also asked, while you were pregnant or breastfeeding your child, how many little packets of low-calorie sweeteners, such as Sweet and Low, Equal, or Splenda, did you use in your coffee, tea, or other foods and beverages? In answering the question, please keep in mind the number of drinks you had each day and how many packets of sweetener you added to each drink or smoothie or food. Also, please include the number of packets you used in your cereal or other types of food. We hypothesize, this is the researchers speaking, we hypothesize that gestational early life exposure to one or more diet soda per day or the equivalent of greater than 177 milligrams of aspartame per day increases autism risk, the authors note. Um, Dr. Fowler added that in the medical literature, prevalence of autism in the U.S. began to accelerate in the 1980s, around the same time that aspartame was introduced into the U.S. diet and deemed safe by the FDA. Dr. Fowler says the roots of that hypothesis began with case reports because she, 
was seeing this and other naturopaths and holistic health practitioners were seeing this other doctors as well were seeing this um these issues with people people adults who were drinking and eating foods that had more than 177 milligrams of aspartame per uh per serving over a decade ago people began contact um, contacting uh, doctors to share their stories of neurological problems they had developed after using diet sodas daily for a, a period of time these were dramatic stories they included a young woman who became depressed and suicidal a middle-aged man who did not have diabetes but developed debilitating and unexplainable pains in his legs and feet, and a young pregnant woman who developed headaches and swelling and pain in her legs every day. In all three cases, their severe symptoms disappeared completely once they quit using diet sodas and reappeared when they tried using them again. So Dr. Fallow said in a video interview following the publication of the report, there were other indicative case reports, but these were the most dramatic and set her on an inquiry for the relationship between neurological disorders and aspartame. Dr. Fowler and colleagues point out that their study that aspartame is one of the world's most common artificial sweetener, one that has been used in more than 6,000 food beverage, and pharmaceutical products over the past 40 years. Diet sodas are the leading mode of aspartame delivery. So, and so that you know that aspartame is not allowed to be used in anything in Japan. They won't use it. And I think that's interesting. It's <laughs> something to note. Um, Dr. Fowler emphasized that her group's finding of a potential link between maternal sweetener consumption and childhood autism are cause for concern and grounds for further research. It is looking like a good action to take for your body and your mind and your nervous system and the continued health of your mind and your brain is to read labels for aspartame. And if you find it, in your food or your prescriptions or drinks, um, it might be time to give it up for your health and well-being, especially, you know, if you, if you're worried about, um, dementia or senility or Alzheimer's. We'll say this, that, you know, when you start reading labels, <laughs> that it's, it's, a, it's astonishing where you'll find this stuff. You know, I've, I have found it added to um, snack foods. I've also found it uh, in um, drink mixers. A lot of young people, they they want to, they don't want sugar. They, they want to have a drink or a couple um, and they want a mixed drink, but they don't want the sugar. They think the sugar is really, really bad. Alcohol anyway, we call it adult sugar anyway. So I don't, I don't know. So they're, they're, finding sugar-free mixers, and many of those have aspartame. Okay. <laughs> All right, folks, this episode is fast coming to a close. And if you're wondering who I am, I'm Nan. 
And I've had a complimentary health and herbal clinic, both part-time and full-time for more than 30 years, focused on difficult to treat conditions. And also I've been a spokesperson and educator in the natural products industry for, I did that for almost 25 years uh, for some of the more reputable and well-known companies. And you can connect with me in person by going to my website at www.watersedgewellness.com or by reaching out to me through my social media sites on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, You'll find my TikTok page under Herbal Answers. And if you wouldn't mind, please subscribe to and like Supplement Super Sleuth, where podcasts can be found. And please share our podcast with interested friends and family. It'd also be really terrific if you could let me know there's some subject matter in the natural health field which you're interested in by adding comments on any of the Supplement Super Sleuth podcast episodes or on social media sites. Okay. And with that, I'll say, take good care of yourself and I will see you soon. Well, Super Sleuth, we've conducted a very thorough investigation of this case. We've learned a lot. Fran, you can show us the way home now. What are you doing? Fran, you're amazing. We're home. Tune in again for the next Supplement Sleuth adventure. Take good care, and Fran and I will see you soon. Say goodbye, Fran.